Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to our last podcast episode of the year. I don't know how we got here. 2023 went by so fast, so fast, and also so slow, so slow. But here we are. We're going on with a bang with this one. And then we'll be back late January, early February, most likely. Um, We'll also probably be hiring in the new year. So keep an eye out on that. And if you just want to say, hey, that you're interested in working with us too, just send us a DM or an email. We are deep in craft fair season. So first off, I want to say that our holiday gift guide is live on our site, girlgangcraft.com slash gift guide. We have over a hundred amazing femme businesses to shop from, and that'll be up until January 11th. So you can shop right up until the holidays and even post holidays. Uh, Please pass around the gift guide. It is meant to be shared. It is meant to be shoppable from all over the U.S. We have brands from all over the U.S. and we have all different sorts of categories. So you can really make sure that you find some quality and unique holiday gifts for your loved ones this year and making sure that you support the small business community. If you are in person in the Bay Area or in Massachusetts or New England, We have our craft fairs coming up. Our Salem craft fair is November 26th, Small Business Saturday in Old Town Hall. And then Oakland, California, December 3rd. Both are 11 to 5 and both the first 200 attendees get an amazing tote bag with some goodies from our partners. So make sure that you come early and bring your money. We'll have cocktails at both locations our drinks at both locations, and we're going to have a good time. So come on by, spread the word. If you know someone in town and you're not, tell them. Tell them about the craft fair. Spread the word. You know it's going to be a good time, and it's going to support the small business community. All right, let's hop in to the last episode. Happy holidays, y'all. We have an amazing year ahead after this. So I hope you get some rest for the holidays, post-craft fair craziness, Please take care of yourself and we'll see you in person at a craft fairs or in the new year. Hello, creatives. Welcome to Girl Gang Craft, the podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Jocelyn Kelly-Reed, and I'll let her introduce herself. Hey, Jocelyn, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Phoebe. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. And can you tell our community who you are and what you do with your time? Of course. So I'm Jocelyn Kelly Reed. I call myself an intuitive business and abundance coach and feminine energy healer. So I really help women step into the business money lives that they love, like really empower and on purpose and create infinite amounts of wealth. Like through feeling good, right? Not grinding away and doing things we don't want to do to create money. And I help you quantum leap. I help you turn on your pleasure. 
your bank account. I'm just really here for like, honestly, like spiritual women or spiritually inclined women who want to have it all and are kind of like done living lives the way that we were told that we have to doing things the way that we think we should. And it's like, no, I want to fully live in sovereignty. It's like live in truth with myself, right. And create abundance from that place. And there's been so much conditioning around what it means to be wealthy, what success looks like, how you create it, what has to be done, how long it has to take. And I'm like, no, none of that's true, right? It's one way, but you don't have to do it that way. So I really very much stand for helping women just rise in our power and in our truth in all the ways. Yes, I love it. Well, obviously that's all very in alignment with what we teach and support here at Girl Gang Craft. So can you tell us a little bit about like what that looks like on a client basis? Like, how are you helping clients do this? What is sort of like your business structure look like in this moment? Sure. So, I mean, at this point I have built a seven figure business. So there's a lot of different ways to, and also just so you ladies know, I started my business at the end of 2019. Like I said, it doesn't have to take a long time. So there are a lot of ways to come into my world. So I have women who, for example, are service-based, they're building businesses online, you know, coaches, healers, light workers, or business to business women. And, you know, I have a container for them. For example, if they're desiring to step into five-figure months where we focus very much on like really strategy and also really like building out a business online, right? And we still always do money and wealth energetics and healing and those kind of things. So that's an example. I have containers that are more about business, right? And then some that are really about the inside journey. For example, I have a mastermind called Feminine Magic and Money. It's deep embodiment of feminine wealth, pleasure, magic, and magnetism. And I'm very much into kind of like our quantum healing, meaning like you don't have to loop on the same thing for 10 years, right? You know, I call myself a modern day medicine woman. There's ways of going about our healing to help us collapse time to step more into what we desire. So I have containers like that. I have master classes. I mean, there's a lot, but my containers are oriented around like business, money, feminine energy, healing. And for me in my world, it's about more like, Hey, what investment level are you ready for? Like what proximity level do you desire to me? Whether you want to be like private mastermind or doing things on your own. And like, what do you want to focus on right now? Cause I do think there's a lot of medicine in like actually working on what is ever right in front of you right now. There is this like right time, right place thing, right? I want to make sure I'm answering your questions. Let me know if you need something specific because my whole business is about business and money. So I'm like, what exactly are you asking to make sure I answer? (laughs) No, I love that. That's perfect. So how did you get here? Like what kind of work were you doing before you started your business in 2019? Sure. So I had a pretty long journey. I mean, I used to work in finance and I had like a very intense Saturn return. I lived in San Francisco. You know, I had obviously created a lot of abundance working in finance. And I had one of those moments in life where you just like, you want to leave everything. I left my job. I left my relationship. I left the city. It is like, I didn't even know why I was being called to LA. And there I had a pretty intense dark night of the soul a really intense psychic awakening. I wasn't spiritual either. So it really caught me by surprise. I was in a very codependent up and down relationship dynamic. I mean, I was psychic to the point where it was almost scary, right? Like I was hearing voices, having all these crazy premonition dreams. Like 
it was really heavy hitting. I financially destroyed myself. I acquired nearly six figures in tax debt from taking all of my money out of my accounts without putting enough aside for taxes, even though I knew better. I was really in a true blue rock bottom that ultimately landed me in a health crisis. And the health crisis finally woke me up to like, I need to get in the driver's seat of my life. So I ultimately moved to New York. I had found my way into the interior design industry when I was in LA before, but I had to stop because I had open surgery. I had fibroids and I was bleeding before they could do the surgery. I literally couldn't work. I could barely get off the sofa. So I had a lot of time to have a come to Jesus with myself. And, but I had been working in the interior design industry and I got another job in the interior design industry doing marketing and sales for like a luxury handmade furniture line in New York. And that was still pretty like paycheck to paycheck, you know, but I got myself here and I did manifest the money. For, I had no money in LA, but I did manifest the money because of my debt and all the things I was going through to move to New York. And I got myself situated and I got a job. And it was in that job that I really started to focus more on my own growth and my own healing and more deeply understanding manifestation. And I remember before I took that job, just sitting down, I remember thinking to myself that I was like, this is the last job I'm ever going to take. But I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I always say energy precedes everything, but it was this strong moment. I remember sitting on my sofa still thinking like, this is going to be it. And it was. So I was doing sales and marketing. And then I was really learning a lot more about manifestation. I was looking at my own trauma. I was understanding more deeply how, you know, what I had picked up in my family from my lineage. I was understanding more about past lives, how all like, we're just this living library you know, of experiences that came before us and of our previous versions of self and how they all impact our lives. And I'm a pretty avid learner. So I was just going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I realized like that I had always been creating my life. I just wasn't doing it with intention. And I remember setting, it was like in 2019 on New Year's day, I decided, I don't make resolutions, but I decided I remember this moment. I was like, I'm going to be intentional this year. I've wasted so much time in all these crazy relationship dynamics, burning through my money. I felt like that time in LA, I'm like, what did I even do in those five years? I just went through, it was just crazy. And I was like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Yeah, I got myself to New York, but you know what I mean? I wanted like more and I didn't know what more looked like. And I made the decision that I was going to be intentional, no matter whether I was resting, playing, working, whatever it was. But to take myself out of autopilot and stop being like so reactionary to life and to really be asking myself, every person I'm spending with, every move I'm making, how I'm investing my money, spending my money, what I'm doing with myself, what is the intention here? And it's pretty wild because by the end of that year, I had started a business, even though that was never the goal. That's like what I was led to by actually paying attention to how I was living my life. And before my coaching business, I had started to do some like business consulting in my industry and that I was wanting to step into it and opportunity opened up and I took it. And I remember sitting there and I had made like my full New York rent in a half day. And I was like, okay, what am I doing in this job? You know, or any job like sky's the limit, just having that one experience opened me up. And I really wanted to help individual people right? Scale, build their businesses, their lives, et cetera, more than I wanted to be business to business. 
So I just made the switch and I realized like, you know, a lot of time we don't realize how much lives with inside of within us. I was like, you have 15 years of sales and marketing experience. You know how to build a business. You know how to market. You know how to sell. Like, you know, all these things, but it's like you take for granted what you know and you don't let it count when everything's been adding up all along. Right. And I obviously got to coach myself and I just got very serious and started building my business oriented around helping women. At first, it was just like manifestation, creating your life. And then I started really attracting a lot of women who want to build businesses, which I obviously was. Then I was like, oh, you're really good at making money quickly. What's going on here? So it like reverse engineered my process because yeah, there's the practical, but there's also like very much the spiritual, the energetic for me around money and everything life. And so everything I stepped into, I just turned around and taught, you know, and I would say like business money and feminine energy are my sweet spots. Does that help? <laughs> yeah. I like took a bunch of notes here about like what I want to touch on, sure. but specifically at that beginning part in 2019, this is like pre pandemic, right? How- it's so wild. I quit my job in December of 2019. Oh my God. I'm so yeah. glad I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I obviously had no idea what was coming. So what was that like when you were not only taking this leap into your business, but taking into this leap in the wild, wild west that we don't know what was going to happen. How was that experience for you? I had to, and it's not like I had that much money in the bank. It was like, I'm a pretty big risk taker clearly, which has worked to my benefit over time, but it was almost this feeling of, well, which piece, you mean, how was it leaving my job or how was it having a full-time job and growing a business or which aspect? Maybe both. I would say having a full-time job and growing a business was not easy, but it was like, I was dedicated just because obviously it's more energy. You're like doing your work by day and your business by night. I started making money very quickly. I had my first 13 K months, 60 days in, I was making less than half of that in a month in my full-time job. I was like, okay, clearly we're on to something. And so I was just very motivated to get myself into a place to quit. And I had to, and it was one of those situations where the universe is making it so hard for you to stay where you are that like you almost have no option. I mean, I was really being pushed out. Just everything that were coming with my boss and the work dynamics, it was almost like feeling like I was living a lie by being there and I had to go. And it was approaching the end of the year and there was no way I was going to come back in the new year. Do you know what I mean? Like start my year like that. So that really drew that line in the sand for me. So it was work. But also I was so excited and I loved the work so much and I knew it wasn't going to be forever that I was doing both. And I just did it, you know? And yeah, quitting was scary, but it was like a lot of things are scary that are also required, right? For us to get what we want. So it was scary, but it was required. And then that first month out of my full-time job, I tripled my income. Like, It was so like, okay, this is obviously what is supposed to be happening. Like I say, I always have coaching. I've never been like trying to wing it or do this solo, which is a mistake a lot of people make is not having deep enough support. And that can be scary too, right? Because you're investing a decent amount of money, right? To get support. And I didn't, I was like on payment plans, but I had to make that money. It wasn't like I was someone who had all this credit available or big savings account. I mean, I really like put it on the line, but it felt like there's no other way. Like I have to have this. I have to do this. This is my mission in the world. So 
it was very just non-optional for me. And I would also say that I made my own success non-optional. I wasn't available for this going around in circles and having things take forever or be inefficient. It's like, what's the point? If this is my business, then I'm going to do it my way, which is like to get there quickly, (laughs) you know? I mean, you're human inside the journey. There's going to be things that come up that much expansion. It requires a lot of you in terms of like you going through your own initiations and rising into your power and firming up your boundaries and not people pleasing and working on your relationship with money and to yourself and being seen. I mean, I always say business is a personal, yeah, you're building a business, but it's deeply a personal development journey. If you want to have it big and you want to have it all, that's a very like, quote unquote, like high level of yourself that comes to the table for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And did the pandemic affect your work in any way? Yeah, it was great. Everyone was on the internet for two years. (laughs) In a good way. Yes. Because people were like leaving their jobs, couldn't go to work at home. I mean, it's true. People were on the internet a lot more for during that first year, but like, yeah, people started to wake up to the fact that like the system isn't as safe as you thought it was. You think it's risky being an entrepreneur? I'm like, how? I am in the driver's seat of the money that comes through the door every day. I get to grow exponentially at any time. Your employer could fire you tomorrow because they have to, because they want to, because whatever, and your income's capped. I understand for some people that's what's in alignment for them. So I'm not trying to say that there's something wrong with you if you actually want to have a full-time job. Not at all, right? I'm speaking to... By the way that you outlined your listener, I'm speaking to the entrepreneurs when I say this, but no one should feel shame for having a job. And also, if you, for example, are not in a place to be quitting your job with your business, I do suggest having other income because you need to invest in yourself to get support. And you don't want to have that chokehold on your business where you get in deep scarcity because you don't actually have any cushion at all. I don't think that we need to be like reckless, right? My risks felt required. I didn't feel like I was being reckless. They were scary, but it was like, I knew it was the truth. Does that make sense? Okay. You mentioned getting yourself out of autopilot as like a key sort of like start off to your growth. Can you tell us what that looked like for you? Yeah. Well, it was my decision to be intentional. I just started paying more attention to my life. You know how like we just go along, we need to observe ourselves, we don't even pay attention. It's like things are uncomfortable. You don't even stop and you're like, huh, wait a minute. Did I like that conversation? Did I want to agree to what I just agreed to? Why am I still spending time with this person? Do I actually feel good after I see them? Why am I spending money on this thing? Is this what I want? Am I buying this? Is this is the thing, the cheaper thing I think I have to buy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, actually, it's almost this experience of taking yourself out of your physical form. And it's like, as though as you are viewing yourself from above, I always explain it like this. It's like, okay, if we're trying to go to Rome, right. And the way most people live their life is like, we're here, we're trying to go to Rome and we just start going. We're kind of aimlessly walking and we're like knocking around and like Rome's over way over here. And we're going way over there in the other direction and just not paying attention. But it's like, but what if you had the bird's eye view and you were flying around in a plane above yourself and you can see Rome and you see you. So you see like, oh, cool. You just need to take a right here, take a left there. And it's like straight off to the West, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's changing how your perspective on life by getting outside of your kind of like very physical 3D experience 
and taking a higher level view of like how you're doing life and how that aligns with where you actually want to go. And if it doesn't and where it doesn't, small ways, big ways, being willing to make those changes and to get help. I obviously started getting a lot more help, right? Instead of just like floundering through, what better move to make than to get support from people who did it before us so we can get there faster, right? Like I said, I decided I didn't have any more time to waste. I was not getting help before. And that shows by the results at that time. (laughs) So how does manifestation come into play with this? I would love you to talk a little bit about your experience manifesting and how we can sort of practice manifesting in our businesses and our lives. Yeah, I feel like it's everything. And I feel like it's not to be confused with actually learning how to build and scale a business. Sometimes I feel like there's been so much focus on manifestation, which I'm huge on manifestation, that people make it the end all be all and forget like you're not going to sit on a hill and meditate something that you don't even know about or understand. Do you know what I mean? It's like you still have to do your QuickBooks. Like you, you still, still got to <laughs> learn how to do things. You still got to learn how to build and scale. You still got to learn how to make a smart business. I did not just make this amount of money in this amount of time by like vibrating on my desires. You know, is it part of the process? Yes. But like, we've got to mix the 3D and the 5D together to get results, you know? And quite often that action is going to be where the rubber meets the road in terms of all the internal work we've been doing. But what manifestation can do is like take you to the person, right? Who you need to meet right now and open that door, right? So I just want to put that qualifier out there because I've met a lot of women who've been doing a lot of manifestation work who are building businesses, but they don't have business coaching. And they're like, why is it not working? I'm like, you're not building a business. You're just focused on energy. We got to like do both, you know, but your manifestation practice could lead you to the woman that you want to support you. And then your business takes off, right? So we want to keep, you know, self-awareness in the process. Basically how manifestation works at a high level view is to me, like the biggest piece at first is like, what's the desire, like the true authentic desire, not you thinking you should have what your neighbor has, right. Or what your mom told you to have, like, what do you want? Because remember that success, abundance, prosperity, they all look different to all of us, right? I could want to I don't know, live in a $10 million brownstone in New York. And you might want to have like some crazy like cabin in the woods. You know what I mean? Like there's no prescription for what it looks like. So you have to get true with yourself because when we try to manifest from a place that is not from truth, it'd be a lot harder to call it in, right? And it won't feel good in the journey. So there's that piece. And then what ends up happening is as soon as we put something in motion, we get shown everything in our lives or ways of thinking or past traumas, et cetera, stories we carry that is like not in alignment, vibrational alignment with what we say that we want. Cause we never want less. We always want more. Right. So in stepping into more, there's always shedding and there's always like a frequency upgrade into more. So then life is going to start showing you, right. We're not in alignment with what you say you want. And it's not, it can be like a lot of times it's our boundaries. It's our people pleasing. It's the type of relationships that we entertain. It's what we believe we can have. Right. And then the stories come up and the stories are going to be because of some kind of trauma, whether it be societal from your family, from your lineage, past life, et cetera. So, you know, I'm really deep into that kind of work. 
It could even be like a sisterhood wound. For example, let's say you primarily work with women. If we have unhealed sisterhood wounding, you're not going to feel comfortable being seen on the internet because you're going to be afraid that women are going to judge you or reject you. So you're gonna have a hard time calling in clients. You know what I mean? It's like, it can really be something that like that is just as an example. So we want to look at as it comes up, don't overwhelm yourself with like, oh my God, I have to go to heal 600 things to have anything. That's not true to me. Everything happens in parallel, right? We're moving forward. We're taking the action and we're looking at what's coming up for us and like on a healing front, et cetera. And so you want to look at those things and you'll know, cause you're going to start getting triggered. You'll see yourself inside of certain experiences. Like you'd be like, this doesn't feel like a vibe. What do I do with it? The universe will show you that part won't be confusing. It's just about being like, oh, whoa, this is not in alignment with like the level at which I desire to play now. Right. Or maybe it's what I'm charging is no longer the vibe or like, Ooh, I've been single session grinding in my service-based business. This is not working. This is not sustainable. I'm saying I want, you know, to make $30,000 a month. Well, this can't happen like this, right? It's like just getting really honest with yourself and doing that healing. And I always say too, like inside a lot of my work, that's not like business strategy and that kind of thing. There's a lot of activations that channel through. And I think this is a missing piece quite often in healing and manifestation. People spend a lot of time just focused on healing So that's almost like, let's say you're emptying out your cup, which is fantastic. But like, what are we putting in the cup? Like, we also have to kind of like be turned on. You know how that we talk about like how we only use a very small piece of our brain, or you've probably heard about like cellular DNA, right? And people activating like new codes that way and stuff like that. Like, so to me, that's kind of like where I call myself a modern day medicine woman, also a way. Both works. Both works is like helping people turn on to these higher level frequencies. Like, of course, there were past lives where you were abundant and all these things. There's so much living within you that's been dampened. So it's like, okay, we clean up the cobwebs and then we want to like activate your power also. And a lot of times people are missing that activation piece. And then we also have to make new choices, right? You're going, I guarantee you, I don't care what it is that you want, you are going to be faced with needing to put your money where your mouth is and make an also across the board, make big choices that are going to be uncomfortable. And it's like, can you do it? Because if you want a lot, it's part of it. And they get more and more comfortable on the time over time. But this is a huge piece of the journey, right? And eventually what happens is our actions and our energy compounds and there's like the compound effect and things tip over and the thing that you want is right there, you know? But like the journey very much looks like that. Okay. So you mentioned this activation piece and I'm interested in that. Like what sort of things are you adding into your life to be activated in both your business and your personal life? I mean, to me, it happens on the energetic front. Like when I'm doing energy work, when I'm doing that with clients, but like, so that is what I would actually be doing. But then in addition to that, there is this it is like inside of your life too. Okay. So the way I explain the frequency difference, you know, people talk about money is energy and everyone's like, what does that mean? Well, everything's energy, right? Like science has proven everything's energy. So that includes money. But the way that I help people understand it is it's like, okay, think about the difference between staying in a three-star hotel and a five-star hotel and how you feel, right? The difference between wearing scratchy wool versus cashmere. How do you feel the difference between, I don't know, driving a, being in a Prius and being in a G wagon. How do you feel right? Like you get my point. So meaning you also might have preferences, but you got my overall point, right? 
that's a frequency difference, right? The difference between your college apartment versus a $3 million home. How do you feel, right? All that is, is a frequency difference. You have to normalize that frequency in your life, right? So maybe we can't, it doesn't matter if like you can't pay for the five-star hotel yet, but like, can you go out to dinner? And this is assuming you love hotels. I'm bringing up hotels because I like hotels. We need to put this in the context of things that you like that feel expansive to you, right? But put yourself around those environments. Put yourself around people who have what you want. You have to start to like, and this is a way you can activate energy in your everyday life, right? In addition to like doing the work behind the scenes is like, you need to normalize what you want instead of feeling like it's a big deal. I remember when I was earlier in my business and I was stepping into my first 100K month and I would ask my coaches, I'd be like, like, what mindset were you in? What was like the tipping point for you? And they would all tell me how it mattered when they like didn't care anymore and when they just thought it was normal. I'm sorry, how it happened. And when it happened to me the first time, there was no magic. You know what I mean? It's not like my business strategy was so different than it had been the month before. I doubled my income in 30 days, right? But I was in pleasure. I was allowing myself to travel. I got a dog, which I've been wanting to do. I went on an expensive vacation, which I've been wanting to do. Like I was normalizing pleasure. I was flying first class. Like I was normalizing pleasure and wealth at a completely different frequency in my life. Obviously, we step into these over time. In my first three months of my business, I was not going on bougie vacations and flying first class. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we take steps to step into it. But then it became so normal to my system because I was allowing myself to just have what I want. It just came in because I didn't think it was a big deal. We tend to put on a pedestal what we want or think that there's some version of us that's going to be so different when we have it. You're going to be more healed. You're going to feel more whole. You're going to feel more in your power. Your higher self isn't outside of you, right? Your higher self is in you. And it's about like just following the alignment with her right now, instead of thinking that like your success is so far away or this version of you that has it is so far away or whatever you're manifesting is so far away. It's like, bring it into now by these kind of choices that I mentioned. And also by understanding that your higher self isn't out of reach. She's already living within you, but are you making decisions from her perspective or from a smaller version of you from the past? Because when you flip that switch, you start receiving a lot faster. And when you decrease this space between where you are now and what you want, like it's not real, it's just a perception, right? And so the fastest way I know to like in a podcast, like step into it is like when you think and feel into your higher self, how is she vibing on life? How is she moving? What's the energy? How does she make decisions? Start making decisions like her. You will become her very quickly. Mm, Yeah. You mentioned coaching a few times and you're a coach and you offer containers and wisdom. And you mentioned how getting support was really key for your growth. (laughs) Vital. It still is. I always, always, always have help. Always. So tell us about that process, like finding coaches and that work for you that are a good fit. I never looked. I'm very intuitively based. People just show up in my field and I'm like, oh, it's her. I don't think you need to look. It's like you're listening to shows like this, right? Like people will just come in naturally. And to me, it's just always like where you feel energetic resonance go. It might even be like where you feel triggered go, right? I talk about money a lot. That can be very triggering for people at first. But it's like, if you find yourself, you keep thinking about it, you're paying attention. You're like, I like what she's putting down, right? I like how she does things. I like the message. There's resonance here. Then go. And you just got to figure it out. And like, 
you know, obviously people too have different things at different price points, et cetera, for different phases of the journey. But it's just, I can't emphasize, I have spent multiple six figures on coaching at this point. I would never have gotten here this quickly, just trying to do it by myself. And also like, you have to remember that in being an entrepreneur and stepping out to do your own thing, you are basically not, you're moving away from what most people do. So you're kind of moving away from the path. You'll find a new path, but you are really unsubscribing from a lot of work programming. And that's going to be a triggering experience because the caveman brain is still very real, which is telling you that like, if you are abandoned or if the tribe leaves you, that you'll physically die because there was a point in time when you would. So like, no wonder we have all these fears come up, right? So it's really important to be inside a community and to have mentorship. And also it's just the fastest way to arrive. Like I said, I decided I didn't have any more time to waste. So to me, it's like, you got to like trust your flow where you're curious, go keep digging, you know, and don't buy into this, like miss independent. I can do everything myself. You'll never be able to, and you'll cap your income and you'll cap your growth. This is not how you get wealthy or be happy. Most importantly, who cares about the money if you're not happy while you make it? Can you tell us a little bit more about like some concrete ways your coaches have helped you in your business? Yeah. I mean, it's literally like, so you say you want a seven figure empire. Don't you think it's going to be great to get advice from someone who has one? You know, it's like, yes, people can see you where you can't see yourself. So when we start looping, so there's the emotional and energetic side. And then there's like the true blue businessy things. There's dynamics that you don't anticipate. There's dealing with client dramas that you didn't even think about, right? I have thousands of people in my field. Stuff comes up. There's, oh, I'm in some weird pattern or like feeling prices need to go up, but feeling weird, ooh, wanting to launch something, but I'm not really sure. Is this the vibe? Is this what my intuition's telling me? It's like a place to bounce off ideas of, or it's like, okay, I think I want to do this container this way in the business. It's like getting, having someone reflect back to you. Okay. Well, like you can run that strategy, but like, this is how this is going to impact all these other things. I mean, you're running a business. There's a lot going on. This isn't just a passion project. If you want to make money, you've got to run it like a real business. It's a lot of the, with the decision-making and then it's with the emotional things that come up with yourself. And then also just navigating other people. Like you've got a lot of people in your fields and they have their trauma and stuff that's coming up for them. And you want to be the highest level mentor for them. Or like, I don't know, someone stops making payments. You need to navigate that conversation or whatever it is. And also it's like, if you want to, for example, lead masterminds, get in a mastermind. It's like a lot of the stuff you learn about being a powerful leader through putting yourself into containers. Because you can't just like, this isn't something where you just like read about this in a book and then go put it into practice. You need to like walk it out, right? And see how other people run their businesses and how they handle things. Sometimes you're in a mastermind and it's not even something that's coming up for you. It's coming up for someone else, but you watch how your coach navigates it, right? You watch how they show up when one person had the best day ever and the other person's crying, right? like in the same container, like there's a lot of emotional intelligence required too. And you get that through putting yourself like in this environment of other people doing what you want to do. I mean, it's so life-changing and so powerful and it doesn't just affect business. It affects your whole life. Like it's pretty crazy. So, I mean, it's been absolutely paramount, whether the focus be money, business, energy healing, trauma. I've worked with so many different kinds of people 
it's all been so important and it's really contributed to my growth. Obviously I have it in me anyway, right? I'm someone who decided to be successful. I was going to be successful anyway, because I decided, but it's about, well, I want to get there as quickly as possible and as much ease as possible. It's not fun to have all this worry on you and nowhere to go. It's like the difference between having something happen and you're spinning out on it for like a month versus being able to have a conversation or whatever it is and unwind it in 10 minutes. That's kind of how it, but it's like such a, and the relationships, the people you meet, I mean, it's pretty wild. Can you tell us about quantum leaping? Like, what is it you mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just collapsing time. So for example, okay, let's say there's something in your life you want and you're like, oh my gosh, probably gonna take me five years to get there. It happens in three months. It's just having time speed up, like at the core level, what it is. And what are some ways that you can access that? So what I've seen is the people who quantum leap the most, I mean, this is the truth. They are people who are willing to take big risks. Sort of what we were talking about with manifestation earlier. It's like, I never see it with people who are just like, I'm going to take a safe move and a safe move and a safe move is always the person who's like, I don't fucking care. I'm making this big investment. I don't care. I'm moving here. I don't care. I'm leaving this, right? You have to have a lot of like resolve and self-trust. But it's just the experience of the time collapse that happens in the ways that I told you we were talking about in manifestation. But I feel like where it becomes not small things and big things, it's like the level of risk you're willing to take for yourself, not recklessness, but like really showing up in big ways and then really backing yourself. And like, how often do you drop your power? Right. So it's not necessarily easy to be like, I want this and I'm going to tell no stories about it. Like it's happening, right? We do work to continuously unwind where we get that like certain energy in our system. Like we might not know when, right? There's inside the quantum leap inside manifestation. There's an enormous, it's like this funny mix of energy of like, we're moving forward in energy and action, but you're also like leaned back into surrender at the same time. And right, that is where it's like, refining that because there's void space. There's always void space, the space between where you are now and where you want to go and how you navigate that void space is everything. It's like, if you're in scarcity the whole time, be like, when, 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 why, why, why comparing yourself, drama, drama, drama. Yeah. You're gonna be waiting while the quantum leap. Right. So when we do the internal work, like what I was talking about earlier, the quantum healing channeled wisdom, I love breast massage, breath work, womb healing, all these different things. Right that help you release all these scarcity imprints, it's much easier for you to navigate the void with grace and to not drop into doubt and scarcity. And it's literally like how gracefully you navigate the void is how quickly the thing comes in. But it takes like mastery because our brains are wired to go into doubt and have a strong negativity bias. You're basically like relearning how to be human, you know, but in a way that serves you more deeply. Okay. And I guess something a little bit more specific, like what are the ways that you are bringing new clients into your world? I attract them. (laughs) Your marketing is everything. You have got to learn how to market and sell. Can't skip it. But I'm not like cold DMing people or no. I wouldn't do that, but it's really going to be about the power of your content. And it's not about the size of your audience, right? 
I hit seven figures. I have 3000 followers on Instagram. Like I had under 3000 when I had my first six figure month. It's not about that. It's about how you build your business and your ability to market and sell and selling. Like, I feel like sometimes people get confused about it because there's been all this like grow marketing and weird, yucky used cars and sell stuff. So people are like selling scary and gross. I'm like, it's not any of that. Like to me, it's like an invitation. It's a dance. It's fun. It's yummy. It's like high frequency. It's like, I feel turned on and excited about what I have to offer you. So you get to feel turned on and excited to come in. You know, it's like, we got to bring a lot more heart and playfulness into our businesses. If we want to have the experience of them being like easy and fun. I have a publicist that's as of like this year, because I love podcasting and being on shows. But again, like that isn't going to work unless your businesses are like a publicist can't just get you on a show, right? You still have to like get yourself like everything has to be there. It's like when people want to like run ads and their business doesn't work well organically. I'm like, it's not going to work because you threw money at it. It's got to already be working. Like this was organically working before the publicist, for example. And also like, she can't get me somewhere that I haven't gotten myself basically, right? They just amplify what's already working. And for me, that's just to be connected because I love using my voice, right? It also made sense for me at the time because I have my own show, right? So when people like what I have to share, they can go listen to my show. Like it's all very fluid, but it's all been through social media, through referrals, And through being very good at like creating offers that people want to buy and personal brand building. I mean, we are in the era of the personal brand. I don't care what you do. It's so important because you want to be able to pivot to where your brand is so strong that you could literally sell anything. And so when we hide, right, we don't let the world really see us. We don't let the world really see who we are, what we're about. People want to feel connection too. So if they don't feel that connection. They don't feel what you're really about. They're going to have a harder time paying you because that, you know, the no like trust thing is real, even though we've heard it before, right? You have to be a human inside your business. What is your personality? If someone would sum up your brand in three words, what are they? Do you even know? Right. It's like, you know, what people reflect back to me, they're like, Ooh, yeah. Like power, money, like femme ease, like the things I talk about all the time. You want to be able to ask your audience and they're all telling you the same things, right? That's how you know you've built a personal brand that sticks. And it's like, what are you conveying in your photography and your just everything that emanates from you, your website, everything needs to feel so deeply you. And if it's feeling like some weird, because you know how there's just a lot of like basic marketing on the internet that for some reason people think like, I'm like, that shit is not what's going to sell. You need to be like, that's so boring. Nobody cares when everything just looks the same. They want to see you, right? And I've just been really good at being myself and building a smart business and just keep remembering that like, yes, of course, people are paying for your knowledge, but they're really paying to be around you. There's a lot of us. We all teach something of the same thing. No matter what you do, there's a million other people doing it. It's not about that. The special sauce is you, right? So if I can't see you or your clients or your audience can't see you, how are they going to pay you? And then the more that you're seen and felt, right? The more the internet starts talking about you, people start sharing your content, people start referring you to their friends, et cetera. And I never, it's funny because I never obsessed over content and audience growth and all these things people freak out about, like how many likes, blah, besides my audience. 
I never over worried about those things. I was way more focused on like selling from a place of heart and building a smart business that's actually sustainable where clients come in like and always receive people and no burnout and really being good at selling and marketing. I focused way more on that than I focused on audience growth and content. And my content would just sort of like channel naturally. Like, of course I understand content, but you know what I'm saying? I sometimes feel like people forget, like, who cares about your content if you have nothing hot to sell? I mean, if you want to make money, if you want to be a content creator, just create content for fun, go for it. Right. But you know what I'm saying? If we want to have a profitable business and it's not who cares. Sometimes I say things with a little drama because that's how you end. your content does matter, but you got my point. Wait, what's your sign? I'm an Aries, obviously. <laughs> Love it. Do you know what's rising moon? My rising is Scorpio and my moon is Sag. Okay. Cool. Love it. It feels fitting. What about yours? I'm Virgo and Aquarius, Aquarius. Oh, I love it. The intellectual. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love what you just said. There's so many like quotable quotes in there. But actually, what I wrote down, I like that you said the like three brand words that represent your brand because we were just talking about that recently oh, you were? with what we wear. And like, there's this girl on TikTok who is all about finding your three words for what you wear. And for some reason, that's not a frame of reference that I've ever done for brand. Like I've done like voice and blah, 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 blah of your brand. But I like the three words and I wrote them down and they're very similar to my clothing words. Oh, what are they? Which I I think is really interesting. So I just wrote joy, creativity, and practice. There's the Virgo dedicated to the craft. (laughs) Exactly. But my clothing ones were comfy, bold, and playful. And I just think those are very similar. I just think that's really funny. Yeah. But isn't it interesting? So now it's like, as you're creating content, literally, no matter what it is, like what you're saying, what you're wearing, like the music you're choosing, like literally what you're putting in your stories, it's like, does this feel representative of the place I desire to? hold in the world, you know? And of course we're all multifaceted, but the overall vibe, like, because when we think about people that we know, remember love, like there's a frequency around them that we associate them with, right? It's very clear, but we forget that you kind of consciously build that. And I think, you know, a lot of us get stuck in like what other people are doing and like how our launch is supposed to look and all of these things. And I think it's really interesting to observe all these things. Like right now I'm reading like a book about the launch, right? And it's Jeff Walker, you know, he's a white guy, whatever. But I think it is an interesting framework. And then we can take what we learn from that, get rid of the stuff that doesn't work and then like turn it on its head and make it work for us. And I think we forget that we are so, especially when we're scrolling and in the social media world, it's we're always exhausting. It's yeah. exhausting. We're looking at what other people do and like what they do is beautiful. But like, what do you want to do? And like, how do you want to present yourself? And how do you want to build your life in a way that's like full of my immediate thing is to say ease, but maybe not everyone wants ease. I don't know what they want. I mean, I do. It's <laughs> fine if you don't, but I'm like, I've had enough difficulty. I'm good to go. Yes. Yeah. We can do yeah. ease now, yeah. but we all want joy. We all yes. want pleasure. I understand that some people are like, Ooh, but I like the challenge. Like to me, ease doesn't mean no challenge. It just means like, we're not doing suffering. You know what I mean? There's a difference between challenge and suffering through things. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's wildly important. And I think that people don't take the time to tune in to like, what is my core energy? What do I want people to feel off me? Not from a place of manipulation, but from a place of like, this is my soul. And instead start diving into these like marketing activities that land them in this like very surface level place. But that's not where the money comes from. That's not where the soul line clients come from. They come from your truth, right? And your truth expressed in words, your truth expressed visually, your truth expressed on your website. Like it's literally like you want your whole brand to be like dripping with your personality, dripping. Like the parts that you wanted to hide, whatever it is, like let it all out. And I think a good way to figure out what that is, is sort of like, usually where we feel shame is where we have a superpower, right? So like my voice is very much built my business, but I used to be like, I sound like a California girl, like this, that, and the other. And I would always get in trouble for talking too much. Like there was so much centered around the space. I hear I, this so hard. <laughs> did you? Did you get yes. in trouble for that too? Yes. Lots of talking. And yeah, I still get the Valley girl thing. I had someone sent me a DM specifically and was like, you give so much good information, but I hate your voice. Ooh, and I'm just like, okay, well, like you don't have to listen. Like, <laughs> like I'm not for you. Yeah, so, like, way to go out of your GTF way to tell me my that. Inbox. Like, I can't like, change that. And also, there's nothing wrong with it, but see that kind of stuff. But it's like you clearly have a podcast. Your voice is an enormous part of your presence. So it's like wherever you've been, feel shame. I guarantee you, you have a superpower there. But it's pretty wild that the places where we have the most power is like where we've been made to feel the smallest, pretty much that way, always for everyone that I see. Those are great places to look to be like, "Mm, well, like, what is my special spot? I built my business on my voice too, but I relate. But look at what your voice has created for you (laughs) and how much you're helping people. It's like, what is the point of this comment? I hate your voice. Like, you must love your life. Get out of (laughs) here. And then we can't let that, you know, make us smaller, right? We just have to like block and move on. Block, move on, talk more. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. And share like what you're doing now, right? Because people have these experiences. They think they're the only one. It's like, no, you are not the only one. And we'll think something's wrong with us if we get judged, critiqued or whatever, because we are taking up space on the internet. And it's like, no, it's not just you. It's normal. But it's like, hey, what do we want to do? You know? Yeah. Well, Jocelyn, I feel like I could talk to you for forever. So thank you for being here and sharing yourself and your heart and your journey and your wisdom with our community. Can you tell people where we can find you and how we can work with you? Of course. So I have a podcast. It's Queen Flow. Business, money, feminine energy, all the vibes. Definitely dive into that. You can come to my website, jocelynkellyreid.com. Check me out on Instagram, jocelyn.kelly.read. I've got a lot of programs. Most of them are on the website, not all of them. You can always DM me if you like the vibes and you want to figure out what's going to be good for you. I'm always happy to chat. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Phoebe. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. See you next time.